0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we are super excited to have Liz Garrett. She was part of a summit that we did called Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling. I watched her video interview that she did with the host, Shelly, and I was drawn to her wisdom. She articulated words beautifully, and that helped bring clarity and simplicity to hard topics that I deal with, and she gave me some great tools. I appreciated that she kept it simple, because I need that kind of stuff broken down, because my brain always likes to complex things and make things more difficult than they really are. Liz Garrett is the author of two books, Intentionology, 365 Days of Living on Purpose, Opposite of burnout, five career strategies to feel valued, be heard, and make a difference. Liz specializes in whole being, well-being. Her coaching and course offerings leverage emotional intelligence, neuroscience, and wellness strategies to help you enjoy productive, creative, and meaningful work. She believes that you came to earth at this time with a specific, unique gift That the world needs now. Your journey is to uncover that gift and offer it. So, today we're going to be talking to her about guarding your flame. Welcome, Liz. We're so excited to have you. Thank you,
1: Mandy. That was beautiful. You have a wonderful way of just resonating truth when you speak. I really appreciate that.
2: Yes, welcome. You really talk about a lot of the same things that we align with. We were at the beginning of our journey, very curious how science and spirituality meet each other. It's just exciting. And so I was going to ask you, how do you feel that neuroscience, how can it be used in wellness?
1: That is so awesome. Oh, I love it. My upbringing, my path in life took me through a science education. And before that, I have to say that my family, the family I grew up in did not value education. There wasn't anybody in my family who had ever gone to college. And there was a lot of open space in my childhood where there was no, nobody watching me, nobody guiding me. And that got filled in for me by books, by nature. And my curiosity led me to want to know more. And my ability to read and write allowed me to test in with the smart kids who were going to college. I got this idea I was going to go to school. My parents did not approve that. And I had to move out and support myself in order to make it happen. So I got a degree in biology, environmental biology, so science. And I really dug in deep. I was working hard. I was paying everything, my tuition, my rent, my car, working two, three jobs all the time and trying to make grades, which I barely did, honestly. But I loved science and I got an image of myself as a scientist, and I went out into the working world as a thinking scientist. I used skills that I learned as a waitress. My extra, you know, what looks like extroversion is really just the ability to talk to people that I learned by dealing with difficult people at my six talks, and that allowed me to get sort of a career edge and so i was talking doing science and really narrowing my own awareness to output and not paying attention to that flame inside of me not paying attention to what really brought me joy not paying attention to what my needs were or what it took to get grounded or to open myself to love putting blinders on putting my head down and focused on getting through the day. And you can see where this is going, I burned out. I ended up with medical conditions. My marriage failed. My job, I couldn't even go in and do my work after a while. It was very humbling. It brought me crashing down. I thought that I was hot shit. You know, I thought I was the thing. And all of a sudden I could barely get up in the morning. I was depressed for a year and then I was alone. So I had to start over. And so I thought maybe education would help again. It helped before. And I looked at some more science or engineering, and I couldn't feel it. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't click it. I couldn't make it happen. But over on the side, I was looking at spiritual coursework, spiritual schools. You know, what I thought then was woo-woo. And I ended up just following it, just giving myself over to it because it called so loudly. And I ended up uh, working on a master's degree from Atlantic University, which is in Virginia Beach and was founded by Edgar Cayce. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so to my surprise then, now it makes perfect sense. And y'all probably already know this because, you know, I have to learn things the hard way sometimes. Science and spirituality really are the same thing. It is one continuum and it is just language. It's like speaking French or speaking Spanish. It's just the language we use to say the same thing. So once I understood that, that the evolution of consciousness is the same as the evolution of, you know, our of man, of animals, uh, it's all the same. It's all driven to wholeness. It's all driven to healing. Every cell in our body is driven to healing the way that the plants are driven to grow towards the sun. It's all the same. And once I started to see that big picture, I started to be able to heal my life and change my path toward helping others do the same.
0: Wow. I have to say at first, I was kind of sad. I pictured you as this little girl alone, but then I realized that you were offered this space. You took that and Dug into figuring out things with curiosity. I mean, that's beautiful. I wonder where that came from because a lot of people don't do that. They don't know where to go when they're just left home alone. Like, where did that come from?
1: Oh, I really do think it came from other lives. I do think I brought in this drive. When I was very young, I could ride my bike to the library and I did like getting books on saints (laughs) and on religion just because it felt so familiar to me. So definitely something that I brought in that helped me know how to get traction when there was no guidance. There weren't adults who were looking into my wellness, my well-being.
2: Well, and usually we hear the opposite, like amazing to have a different perspective on this because it's one that we aren't used to hearing. We're always talking about this younger generation and how it's too much maybe that the parents are putting on their children. So it just goes to show you that you have to have a healthy balance.
1: It really does. And I think that whatever our healing path is, you know, so these are beliefs. I think that we choose our life. We chose this experience for the growth that we needed in some level. And I don't mean it so linearly. I think it's very complex. I'm just bringing it down for the conversation there was something here that I needed to learn and to heal and that was the way I came about it. It wasn't a straight path. You know, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of wrong turns. I, I had a lot of do-overs and they were expensive. They were expensive in terms of time, in terms of money, in terms of relationships that I had to crash and burn and leave. There was a lot of cost in doing that, but it was also towards healing. It was towards wholeness, and it has led me to a place now that I appreciate my path. I appreciate my journey. I appreciate that it's led me here, and it's not just me. It's the path everyone takes, and it's the path that our planet is taking. It's the path that mankind takes. It's mirrored on every level. It looks different, but it is still the same. It's still the same push to wholeness.
0: Well, let's talk about that fire you have inside. What is this fire inside?
1: <laughs> it's called so many things. It's a compass. It's a light. It can be our chakra centers. It can be our Tantian, It can be our heart. I think we all know it. I think we all have felt when something burns inside of us and drives us and compels us toward Uh, action or brings up strong emotions Um, or the opposite when it flickers and when it fades and when it's barely there and darkness creeps in so it's it's that fire and it it, i it it seems through many traditions religious and spiritual traditions that we each have that perhaps it's part of a larger communal fire that we're all bearing. Uh, into the world at this time. Um, But that inward look is where our compass is, it's where our direction can be found. And it is individual. So even though we all have it, what lights your fire, Shanna, what lights your fire, Mandy, what lights our listeners fire is unique. And the work that we have to do is to find out what it is. Uh, At this time, so here we are, we're in the middle of, you know, the 2020, we're in the middle of an election, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're in the middle of a lot of individual suffering on every level. That fire inside is flickering for a lot of people. In this week alone, and I know that um, time is infinite in, in podcasts, who knows when people are listening to this, but... The same events will be true just in different form. But in this week alone, we've had a presidential debate, the first, maybe the only, between um, Biden and Trump. And then this morning, we awoke to the news that the president of the United States has tested positive for COVID. There's so much information coming in at us all the time that if we're not tending to our flame, it can blow out. I'm looking out my window right now I'm on the um, I'm in Virginia on the Chesapeake Bay and it's a windy day and there's some oak trees standing near the water and they're blowing around they're just going crazy in this wind that's coming in off the water today uh, but they're rooted they're 50 years old their roots are deep and broad and they're not going anywhere okay so it's us we're we can be tossed by the winds of the news of social media of our own suffering and challenges we can be tossed by those winds if we're not careful enough to do the internal work of rooting ourselves creating a solid foundation for dealing with this so there's there's work there's work we have to be doing right now.
2: You said that so beautifully. And I do see myself often as a tree and gathering those fruits and being able to be flexible, to be able to move with the wind and the change and the transformation, but you're still steady and connected.
1: In the best interpretation of those trees, for like a minute, if I kind of squint, they look like they're dancing.
2: Yeah, that's true. How can we keep that flame steady? What can we do what are some ideas that that you have that we can kind of keep that lit
1: you know I think there are there's some, an opportunity to do some really really important work right now and in fact I think we're called to it I believe that every one of us who's come to earth at this time came here to do some soul work and that it's a big time you know we're changing from the Piscean age the Aquarian age there's so much happening on our planet right now that we each have a role in it but the first thing i think that we have to do is we have to protect that flame so everybody has a different ability to do that but it does go inward and it does go downward so that work the literal actual physical work of grounding grounding and to some people that's easier than others to me, it's not easy. I'm a Pisces. I want to just flow, but I've got to do that work to ground. And it takes time. It means I have to get up in the morning. I have to meditate. I have to do my yoga. I need to get outside, put my feet on the ground, whatever it takes. And I think that having a list of grounding practices that work for you is really important. It is. It starts with the physical work of putting those roots down and connecting to them, especially When the high winds are blowing. So, allowing, you know, giving ourselves the time to do the grounding, the extra self care time, it is an ex, we do need more sleep. We do need more, we need better nutrition. We do need less stress. With COVID, with the elections, with everything going on, these are facts. These are facts that we can't change. They're non negotiables. We cannot out think them, we can't will it. Um, we have these needs and we have to give them to ourselves. If we're going to ground and we're going to find meaning and keep that flame alive. And then related to all of that, so that internal work, that grounding, each of us has to allow what's happening outside to reveal what our passions are. So the passion is what fuels our flame. So when I'm upset, When I feel myself reacting to something I'm hearing on the news or seeing on social media or discussion amongst people that I work with, when I feel that flame inside, you know, that that reaction, it is indicating my passion. It is indicating what's coded into my DNA, what's coded into my soul, my psyche as important to me. And I have to turn that around. Well, what do I feel important about? What I value personally, so Liz, everybody's different, is I value truth. I value truth. I'm willing to be uncomfortable in the face of truth, willing to allow the complexity of truth unfold before me. So when I hear that the president has COVID, I feel all sorts of information just sort of converge about that. You know, I feel compassion for a human being who's sick. I feel fear for our country that's now got an ill leader. I feel some sort of validation about the truth and danger of this illness. I also value humanity. All of the issues that have to do with gender equality, racial equality, class inequality, all of those issues spike me. So it's it's a reflection, it's a mirror holding up for me to see this is what i value this is what my flame responds to and it becomes a opportunity to take action according to my values and passions. so that's all kind of rounded into step one you know you asked how do we deal with this yeah. in a roundabout way that's all the really the same thing we have to look inside ground ourselves in what we value and in what our passions are so that that can inform whatever action
2: we're going to take. And what I heard also in that, and have to make sure that your intentions are aligned. People are out there fighting for stuff. And then if you actually had a conversation with them, they're like, really? I didn't know that, or I didn't get that, or I've never heard that before. And it's like, yeah, it's interesting. Even though you feel passion, sometimes the passion is just kind of like contagious from other people too. Oh, so check your so intentions, true. you know, to find that That's, real truth. Right.
1: I'm so glad you said that, Shana. That's the wind blowing the leaves. That's the wind buffeting me, you know, making me react. I've got to go inward and find out what it means to me. When I look at the course of my life, where is there a pattern of things that I value and how is this playing into that? So that intention piece, we can use intention. We can use intention in the big picture of what we're doing on this planet at this time. And we can use intention with how we want to deal with the information about the president's illness. We can use intention when we go to the next debate. So we can use intention. So intention aligns our head and our heart intention is a tool that allows us to use the best of the two organs that dominate our being our brains right now snapping to attention oh she's talking about me because our brains are so powerful our brains are these huge programs that are taking information from our five or more senses constantly and interpreting this large amount of data 400 billion bits per second coming into our brain, and it's interpreting it into information. And, and that's faster, far faster than any computer. Any combination of computers we've yet to come across, uh, our brain is so much more powerful. And the way that it does that is it's efficient, so it uses these programs to take all this information and to quickly look through files and find out, well, what do I know that's familiar? Okay, that's what we've got. So I'm gonna dive this broad amount of information down to a tiny piece of information I'm familiar with already so that I can function. That's what the brain's doing. It's great, it's very you know, powerful and efficient, but who programmed it? You know, until we take that consciousness, that ownership of our own programming, and we do that with intention, then the brain is gonna use that efficient programming that someone else put in there. Probably our parents, possibly the news, our schools, our churches, whoever, put that programming in there until we at some point consciously decide, here is how I want to experience life. Here is how I intend to experience this election. Here is how I will show up on this issue today. Here is the impact I will have on the world in regards to my truth. So that's where we take intention and apply it to the situation. The other organ, the heart, like I'm feeling it in my chest right now, it's beating, it's happy. It's like, oh, she's talking about me. You feel that? Yeah. So our heart is a pump. It is a pump, just like a pool pump. It's moving. And that movement creates energy, friction, It creates two forms of energy, measurable energy, electric energy and magnetic energy. These are measurable. If we put instruments outside of our body, we could measure our energy about the distance of our hands. So everywhere we go, our heart, whatever the truth of our heart is, is broadcasting through the energetic imprint that we're putting out into the world. And of course that affects the next person and the next and the next and the next, like the butterfly wings, it's just forever. So intention, you know, to to tune into my heart and find out, well, you know, I'm sad, I'm afraid, or I'm hopeful, or I'm all of these things. To know and to take ownership of that allows us to show up truthfully. So intention allows us to align head and heart in a way that we can show up truthfully to whatever that flame, whatever our signature is, whatever our mission is in this life.
2: You know, I want to share a story and I don't, I'm going to have to ask permission to actually put it out there, but um, just to show and give everyone an example on how powerful love is. My son over this past weekend had been, he's been feeling down and especially he, you know, really soaks in all of these stuff from the news and social media. And my nephew was turning four years old and we went to his birthday. My son went with me and my little nephew said to his friend, he goes, this is my friend Drew. And my son Drew said, well, actually I'm your cousin. And he goes, you are? and he just hugged him so tight and he was like I love you. What was really extraordinary was on the way home. My son Joy had tears in his eyes and he said I haven't felt that kind of love in so very long. And it felt so good and it makes me want to get out of this funk that I'm in. It's powerful. Every single day since that day, he's He's had a light in him. He's had his, his flame relit. The power of unconditional love. That kid doesn't know anything about his life. Doesn't care what he does or has done in his past or future. Just loves him. That little boy, that love lit his fire.
1: Isn't that beautiful? It's, and children are so good at that. The little boy was just resonating in his truth and the truth rings like a clear bell, and we all vibrate to it once, it once it's out there. Yeah, that's a great example. And it is a really, really hard time for anybody who has any empathic qualities because we're feeling that energy. And that's why I say that the first thing we have to do is keep going back to the grounding, keep going back to that internal mission What matters to me? Allow the things that upset us, allow the thing that even hurt us to be a mirror that says that's because this is important to me. That's because I care. Okay, so then the second thing that we do is we shift that passion, we shift it. So we the fear, the emotion, we shift it to action. Okay, so we narrow the focus. Here are the one, two, three, four things I value. And we shift it to action. We let that decide how we're going to show up moving in the direction of. So whatever our values turn out to be, holding a clear line on moving in the direction of. In my example, greater equality, gender, racial, class equality. I feel strongly about that. There's no nothing I can post on Facebook. There's no eloquent impassioned post that I'm going to make that's going to change anybody's mind but if I can show up among people who may feel differently than me and treat them with kindness and be compassionate and listen to their story I might have an impact and those are my skills that is my skill set so moving in the direction of yes so that vibration of yes If we're feeling repulse, we're feeling a no, there's something to move away from. We're not in our space. When we can go inside, find our truth, find our passion, find our flame, find our light, and then move towards that, we're always in a yes. We're always in that vibration of yes. Another shift to make um, once we are grounded is from victimization. So when we feel like, oh no, victimized and fearful, it's telling us we need more information. It's telling us that there's something we don't know. And it it becomes a, a red flag to seek information, to dive in, to gain understanding. So that passion, if it's holding up and making us feel afraid or victimized, We can reclaim our power by doing some actual research, by looking for information that helps us understand. Now that can be anywhere, it depends on what your issue is on what your passion is, but it does indicate a need for information. And then where there's that outrage or surprise that we keep pretending we feel like, oh my God, they lied. Yes, they lied. Of course they lied. They lied a hundred times. Why are we surprised? That emotion, that signal, that response, when we find that in ourselves, it means that we have to, and this one is tough, but we have to move to some form of acceptance. We're rejecting some truth that we must accept. It's almost like with
2: religions, right? You have to respect each other's beliefs.
1: Exactly. So we have to accept that they believe this. And then we have to somehow weave that into the truth of the relationship. We're all on this planet. Yes, they believe this. I don't believe it. I don't share the same belief, but this is their belief. So outrage and surprise is sort of a way of pushing away truth. And when we find it in ourselves, we have to find the, that Buddhist way of saying, ah, yes, this too. Yeah, yeah, this is part you, you, of what i dealing with.
0: It's interesting that you brought up Buddha, because I was just thinking, you know, there's a lot of paradoxes that are written by Buddha. So the one that I just thought of is that you're saying, we have to accept, sometimes we have to accept lies to come to the truth. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: exactly. We have to see the lies for what they are in order to know the truth. Thank you, yes. Yeah. So we have to shift fear to action. We have to shift that victimization to information. We have to shift outrage to acceptance. And then we have to shift worry. So worry is just another form of fear. And when we find that worry, oh no, what's going to happen? What's my future going to be? Will I have my job? What's going to happen on November 4th? That's an indication for action. Anytime we feel worry, it's telling us that we need to find our power and take some action. That's sort of the second phase the second bucket of how do we keep our flame alive after we're grounded after we do that work of self-care we have to find that shift we have to shift all of those energies towards
0: showing up in our truth and taking
1: action on the things that we
0: value i love that we're starting some lives on facebook and it's called let's get our shift together (laughs) i
1: love it i'm gonna be there so then once we do all of this work, the third thing, and this is where we get kind of into the big picture, the big you know, picture of what this is all about, is we've got to release whatever meaning, and I'm talking to myself too, uh, that we've applied to this election. Because when you take it in the context that I'm talking about, soul growth, keeping our flame alive, serving our life mission, following our passion, It's much bigger than this election. And whatever those issues are, healing, growth, passion, they're gonna be here on November 4th, regardless of the outcome. Once we're doing that work of what is important to me and what is my flame and what am I here to do and how can I heal, how can I hone my gift? It's bigger than November 3rd. We are here on this planet to do some serious work. And each of us does that individually. It's not my job to change my neighbor. It's not my job to do their work. I couldn't if I tried, and I have tried. It just doesn't work. There's, <laughs> we, it comes from inside. And here we are on this cusp of the age of Aquarius, and we're feeling the monumental energetic shift in ages. And we're here as souls called to this earth at this time. None of this is coincidence. The goal is equanimity, win or lose. We're here to do the work. We're here to help heal and there's opportunity in it. Back to the 2016 election, which was very traumatic for me and probably others. So I don't want to go into the details of the pain I felt (laughs) when I woke up the next morning. But I learned a lot and it changed my path a lot. And it clarified some ways that I was showing up that were not productive. And it gave me the opportunity to go into places and listen to people I wasn't listening to before. And ultimately it's healed me in ways I didn't imagine. And so it's ugly. I mean, there is some real suffering here right now and it's hard to watch and it's karma working out it's working out individually for each of us and it's working out in front of us and we who are empathetic feel that suffering and we feel that pain but this is the work this is the breadcrumb trail that we're following to wholeness and this is how we do it this is how we do it we do it i love that song you know we all at some level chose to be here so whether, you know, it's in our soul, whether it's in our Akashic record, whether it's our karma, we're here at this time and we've got to figure out why. I think I'm here for see more sunsets and enjoy more roses. I've had that revealed to me in a couple of different readings and different experiences. And so when I get my head all in the suffering and when I get my um, nose to the grindstone and all I'm doing is working myself, thinking that that's what it's going to take to, you know, earn my paycheck or clear my karma. I'm reminded, Liz, stop, just enjoy some (laughs) sunsets, you know, literally go smell some roses. And all of a sudden things get clear for me. Well, we all have something that called us here to do. And each of us has to figure that out. And that's the flame, that internal piece of wisdom that we just keep returning to. So in that way, I find hope. I, I find opportunity in
0: all of this. Yes,
1: there's work, wow. but also opportunity.
0: I woke up at 6.15 this morning. I wrote about hope and opportunity. See? Yeah, and I, yeah. I wrote about hope standing for having opportunity proposed every day. I got to write that down. That's what I wrote about this morning, having opportunity proposed every day. So every day we have an opportunity proposed to us and the opportunity that we're getting handed right now, huge. And, you know, people right now are all about 20, sucks. No, you know what? It's an amazing opportunity. I love, love how you shared about the election in 2016 and what it did to your heart and your soul. And now looking back how it's healed you and opened up conversations that, that was beautiful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's what's going to happen in four years when we all look back on 2020.
1: That's right. You, you, there's no way you could have told me that this is how I would see things four years later. But literally I, I stopped the work I was doing at the time in 2016 I was traveling around the country and I was speaking. So I was on output. Um, Speaking, speaking, I had a message. I was learning how to deliver the message. I was getting better and better at delivering the message and I was not listening. I was not on input. And uh, when I woke up on the morning after in 2016 a lot of things just crystallized for me and I changed my course. I took an opportunity to do um, leadership coaching at a Navy facility. I coach I now my main gig is I coach leaders at a Navy base.
2: Wow. That's intense
0: too. A lot of masculine energy probably.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Weaponry, um, ships, noise, it's Yang all the way. I go in and I listen and I challenge myself to listen, to be in their space, to serve them, to allow their truth to ring Shortly after taking that work, uh, maybe four or six months into it, there were actually some people outside the gate. They had billboards that said, you know, stop nuclear war, end nukes. And I agree with them. And I walked by them and walked into the gates to do my job where I hope that I'm participating in ending nuclear war by listening, by being present to other humans, by allowing a space for suffering and healing. So that's my work. That's my mission. And I got clear on that that morning after the last
2: election. That's powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. And also, I'm so happy to hear that the Navy or any branch is allowing that because I've never seen a more group of people that need it. So especially, you know, it's almost like they're kind of training the opposite, you know, like trying to kick... entire soul out of it so you could just be disciplined and and listen as told and you're coming in there allowing that side of them the soul part to actually come out and be heard god bless it that's awesome i
1: appreciate that you see that shanna because i think it's not easy for them i think it took a lot for them to decide to bring me and there's many of us there's at least 20 in my group of people who are going in every day I'm glad you see that. There are some changes going on in the planet if we just open our eyes and be willing to look. So what's the next step, Liz? It all sort of leads into a circle. So it brings us back to the grounding, the self-care, the awareness, the intention, the practice of growing ourselves like a spiral, coming back around, seeing it again. So we saw 2016, we saw 2020, 2024, we're going to see again, we're just doing that soul work and we're speaking in terms of four-year election cycles, but we're doing it every day, we're doing it in every relationship. And that is just the path, that's the path towards enlightenment, that's the path towards healing individually and our planet it just becomes the work that we do yeah
0: can you clarify for shannon and i because we've been looking a lot into the feminine masculine energy and how this new age coming upon us
1: yeah there's a mathematical if you look at the zodiac and you you know did some math around dividing it by 12 it's something like every 2100 years is a new age So the age of Pisces started with Christ. So Christ, and if you just think of all the references of water and fish, Uh we have the age of Pisces, which, you know, the Christ message, and I mean, Christ, not necessarily the same as Jesus. It it can be any face, but the Christ message is love is take care of your brother. It's compassion. That's the Christ message. So the age of Pisces is dominated by that. Now, it also got sort of corroborated into the church and into the structure and into oppression that came as the shadow, the shadow side of Pisces. So that, that age is going to change somewhere around 2100, you know, the year 2100. Well, for, it overlaps for about 500 years. So some people say the age of Aquarius began with the French Revolution, that so the age of Aquarius is dominated by technology. The idea is that we will advance with technology in a way that allows human at, at its best, will support humans in showing up in their best humanity because we can make our lives easier. We can eradicate disease. We could get rid of hunger. We could support people with their basic needs and all of humanity could be lifted. So the age of Aquarius has that potential what we're feeling we souls who are on earth on this planet is we're feeling that tide change the mm-hmm. tide is changing and we're caught in it and it's
2: uncomfortable but it's opportunity and change is always uncomfortable transformation is not easy i mean you, you just you gave us so many examples of that when you were young and as you went to college and you know having that light burn out and then even in 2016 like none of it is comfortable but in the end There's so many lessons. There's so much to grow from and expand.
1: The opportunity. I love it. having
2: opportunity proposed daily. It's so crazy. That's what I wrote
0: about. Let's talk about your books real fast. I can't wait to read them. What was your first book that you wrote?
1: The Opposite of Burnout came out about three years ago in the midst of all of this. It was part of my change. It was part of my wanting to bring tools to people so... In my, in my view of life through the lens of science and spirituality, I'm really just very adamant about tools being practical. We still have to get up and go to work. We still have to earn a paycheck. We still have to put food on the table. We still have to raise our kids. We still have to live in community. So we're not in a monastery. Most of us are not in a monastery. So how do we make these tools practical? So uh, the opposite of burnout gives a series of tools and what I call five essential strategies for having a career, choosing a career path that keeps that fire alive and allows you to be guided by your flame. The opposite of burnout does that. And it's a bunch of tools. And it's meant to be dog-eared. It's meant to be a companion on the journey. It's meant to be something you can reference at different points in your life and find Mm -hmm. other tools that you can bring in to help you. Then a year or two ago, I don't know how long ago, I re- I released Intentionology: 365 Days of Living on Purpose, which is meant to support the habit of creating intention in your life. So intention, it it's in very simplest, is just deciding what you want to experience. I I had my intention for this conversation. I had my intention for the day. It's just taking control. And once I decide what I want that to be, my heart and head have to snap too. So it's just very quickly, that moment of decision, and it takes away being a victim. It's I decided that I wanted to experience this, and therefore, whatever happens is a reflection of what I decided, and I get to interpret it for my good, for my growth. So that's what intentionology is, and the book is meant to support creating a habit, a practice of that. Now, right now, I'm actually releasing an update to the opposite of burnout called Crisis Edition 2020.
2: And I added an
1: entire section of resources about resilience. It's resilience. It's seven steps. What do you do first? What do you do second, third, fourth, fifth, all the way through seven steps to find our way forward amidst the challenges that we have in 2020. Very practically oriented, very strategic. It helps you Build your strength and focus one step at a time so oh. you can get that fire lit up and you can get back on track.
0: So I have to come clean. Um, there's something that I have to tell you. I was in the red zone on your test. I got a 17 out of 56.
1: It's a, it's a test that I created um, based on what medical science and spiritual references have, uh, have how they've identified burnout. So it's a link, it's free. And I encourage people to take it because it will create awareness in you. So Mandy, I hear that you you seem a little surprised. So were you surprised by the
0: result? You wanna know why I was surprised? Because I love That's what I'm doing. I love it so okay. much, I can't wait to get up, but I'm also yep. putting it above everything else. That's
1: good information. So the test is meant to create awareness. Now you said you got a 17 17- That number score is not enough to put you into a red, so you must have hit one of the triggers. There's a couple of, um, you know, time bomb questions in there that if you click yes to, you're going to go to red. Mm -hmm. So you must have clicked one of those. You can look at it, and I'd be happy to talk to you about it offline if you wanted some help interpreting it. It's meant to create awareness so that you don't go down that slippery slope. Burnout is insidious, and especially when you love what you're doing, because you can be pulled into depleting your own reserves at the service of this thing to the point where you're not able to function anymore or to be good. So to be good for others, to be good for your mission, to be good for your message. So that awareness, if you're on that slippery slope, is just a mental support you making different choices.
0: I loved it and that's exactly what it did and then I journaled about it and put in areas in my life. I, I know which one was the trigger one. I was completely shocked when I read that burnout is a medically diagnosable like syndrome yep. in 2019. They made it one. Wow yep. it is it, and it's
1: um, rampant. Once they were able to now have medical records we find that a high number of people are suffering from burnout. Definitely a medical concern now, while it's been a soul and wellness concern for a long time.
2: Yeah, there's been more cases recently of suicide, even than COVID in some areas. And that scared me. And that's that's very concerning. Suicide was already on the up prior to COVID. So, you know, using these tools to connect with yourself, this burnout, whether it's for the election or just for life is so vital for people right now. Thank you so much for being brave enough to tackle this topic. I mean, mm-hmm. so many people don't want to go there. They, they're too afraid to put themselves out there for that. And I, I appreciate how brave you are with us. And you're very mm-hmm. authentic and wise and we're very blessed to have you in this world. Also, you did it very respectfully. And so mm-hmm. thank you very much. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Shanna. I I really am hopeful. I really do see that this is an opportunity for us all to grow and heal.
0: And now it's time for Break That Shit Down.
1: Okay. Yeah, I do feel a little bit choked up from our conversation. I, I feel that we've probably hit an open place that there's a lot of maybe wounds that are being touched upon by the news, by the events of the world, by the challenges of this year. And I just, I just feel such compassion for those of us who are showing up. And I do think that anybody who's here on this planet is here because at some level they chose to be. And I do know personally how, um, our flame can be threatened, that it can flicker to the point of burning out. And when Shanna just mentioned suicide, that's the ultimate. So I feel in my heart a lot of love for anybody who's listening to this. And um, I've been there. And I want people to know that they can they can find their way out. Follow that flame.
2: Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you so much. Thank Yeah. Beautiful. You can, yeah. That was
1: beautiful. You guys you stirred me up. I love, what
0: uh, I, lo- I love the way you say things. You really do have such a gift of so beautifully expressing things. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I hear that. Yeah. yeah. So where yeah. can
2: everybody find you, find your books, find this test that I'm going to oh. have to get on and take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my website is
1: True You Advantage. So, www.trueyouadvantage.com, all one word. From there, you can get to some online courses that I offer on Teachable. There are links to my books. That's just a good central place, I think, to send everybody. My blogs are there. There's a lot of resources. I really believe in providing support. So, there's a lot of free resources, including the Burnout Quiz, to help you with whatever you might need right now. Awesome.
0: I feel so lucky right now because there were a lot of people in that summit. And for some reason I came across your video and I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of people's, but yours just kept coming up on my LinkedIn. And I was like, so I watched it and I was so touched and man, I'm so glad that I listened to the universe and reached out to you
1: i have to say i feel the same way i believe in that yes no vibration it guides me at every fork in the road and i did the i felt a yes with shelly so i did that and then i checked out at all the other speakers i listened to some of the videos i felt a strong yes with you all just it was just boom It's like ah so when we connected i just i have felt very confident in every step that we've taken together
2: well thank you I'm so glad that we got to meet you and you know this time I with feel here.
1: very grateful to have met you too I appreciate the opportunity you've given me to talk to your people
0: uh, Liz you're the best thank you so very much um thank wow. you lady Thank you.
2: thanks for being with us today we hope you will come back next week if you like what you hear don't forget to rate like and subscribe thank you we rise to lift you up